number three of the Bill Michaels Show. We are perched high atop the Oktoberfest grounds here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Good to be here. Thanks to WKTY, our uh, station out here, our affiliate. And Midwest Family Broadcasting bringing us out here. Got here last night and a really uh, a fun time. And uh, did the uh, craft beer tasting last evening. And then after that, uh, we ended up, uh, you know, doing a little, had, had to eat a little bit. And uh, and then after that, uh, went back to bed because we got up early this morning. And uh, over at Sloopy's, alma mater, where they did the ca- tapping of the golden can, which is kind of funny in itself because they they put a wrap. And I have the picture of it posted over on the uh, Facebook fan page. Uh, the Sloopy's tapping of the golden can. They wrap it in like this gold sticker and it's really a it's a mick ultra <laughs> but they wrap it in this golden stick and it's just tradition it's great and uh and uh, they have a just a big party in the morning and you can go over to the facebook fan page and see the uh, videos and the, the countdown to the tapping and everything and it, it was it was a lot of fun it really really was and then after that uh came over here uh, to the oktoberfest grounds got set up and then they did the tapping of the golden keg at 11 a.m. this morning, promptly. And we will talk, actually, uh, coming up here at 1230, Mark Womet, uh 1235, the president of Oktoberfest, will join us then. And then don't forget the last hour of the program, uh, Mike Clements is going to be joining us. So, uh, And thanks to everybody over on the Bud Light live stream as well. we got a lot of people watching in and out today. Uh, the numbers will go way up, and then they'll come down, and then they'll go up, and they'll come down. But uh, good, to, good to have you. Good to have you. Uh, Dale, how are we looking? He was wanting to know if the uh, Brewers are even in the playoffs yet. No, they're not. No, they're not. And uh, they're not doing doing anything fast to get there, let's say. Last night, Brewers had a golden opportunity and uh, just let it go by the wayside. Back at it again today. 7-10 tonight. Marlins are in town. Corbin Burns on the hill. And uh, hopefully they can get a win because we know that uh, the Philadelphia Phillies taking on the Washington Nationals. That is a, uh, a game that should be getting underway here in just about a minute or two. Right, Ben? Yes, doubleheader yeah. today in Washington. Yeah. So they're going uh, to be playing two today. And if you're a Brewers fan, you're hoping the Phillies go down not once but twice. And the Brewers get a win. Uh, and if you're a Phillies fan, you're just praying for something to happen that's in the positive light. Beyond that, not a cancel the season that's what i'm praying for <laughs> so there you have it so i was telling the story earlier and and i will get into some of the things that we were going to hear from you know a couple of the uh, different guys inside that locker room uh for the uh, for the packers that's upcoming here in just a few so stay tuned we'll do some of that stuff uh because we're going to hear from uh, adam stenovich uh, joe barry rich basaccia uh jason vrabel the wide receivers coach uh, Tom Clements, the uh, quarterbacks coach. We're going to hear from all of them coming up here in a minute. But I was I was saying this earlier today. So uh, I, in the book, in the chapter that uh, S stuff will say that only happens to me. So it, 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 when you check into a hotel, everybody's usually pretty friendly. You know, there's not craziness or anything like that. You know, welcome. Glad to have you. And then they very much, they tell you about the pool and they tell you the hours of the fitness center and they tell you about the breakfast in the morning and they hand you your card and off you go. So yesterday, uh, and I'm not going to say which hotel, but I I pull into the hotel and it's over in Minnesota, by the way. 
So at least I can say this is a Minnesotan and not somebody from the cross, from Wisconsin. So uh, I get there, and first of all, uh, the reservation they had made in the company's name and not in my name, and so there was a little bit of a mix-up there, so it took me a minute or two to get the confirmation number. We've all been there and done that. So we get in, and, and now Kristen is waiting in the car. Let me say this, because this this is pertinent to the story. Kristen's waiting in the car. I'm going to check in, and then we'll pull the bags out, and then I'll go park the car. But she's waiting in the car. So I walk in, and Ben, you've seen my phone, right? Kristen is like the screensaver on my phone. Yeah, not an iPhone, okay. which, yeah, again, is a problem. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, well, okay, that we'll get into that in a minute. Okay, so I'm sitting there talking to this guy, and he is amped up. He's talking to a couple other people when I get there. There's nobody at the front desk, but there's a couple people within the lobby. And he's talking to somebody, and, and clearly she works there, and she's off duty. And he's, he's talking about singing songs. And, I, you know, he says, hi, welcome. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's talking. To, then I'll go back to talking to this other woman. And he's talking to her about some shift or something. And he's like, and he turns to me and he goes, sing a song. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Uh, you know, he's like, you can sing. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm like, no, I, you know, I'm thinking row, row, row your boat at this minute. You know, there's, <laughs> there's nothing that comes to mind when you're put on the spot like that. So then he checks me in and out of the blue, Ben, I kid you not. Now I looked at my phone because I had to look up the confirmation number on my phone. So I'm looking at my phone and I finally pull it up and I set it down and the screen is still, you know, open on my phone. So you can see the screensaver. It hasn't gone dark yet because my phone's set for like, I don't know, 20 seconds or something. So he, he stops in because I'm going through the paperwork. You know, you got to sign here and a sign. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, dude. And he points at my phone. And <laughs> he says to me, oh, you're so into that. I'm like, what? And he's pointing at the picture of Kristen. Now, it's a, it's a formal picture of Kristen in a, a dress, okay? And he's like, dude. <laughs> like, okay. You know, uh, is that your girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, all right. He's just, it, it's just awkward, you know? Then he's, he goes immediately into how he met his wife and she's so hot and that's the reason Dahmer was never going to catch him. I'm like, what? And then it dawned on me because obviously Dahmer uh, cruised what was then known as the, kind of the gay area of of Milwaukee. And I'm like, I'm putting it together, but this guy's just all over the road. And he's like, oh, man, Dahmer, man, scared me. I was a kid. I grew up in that area. That whole thing right there. That's my girlfriend. She was hot, too. She, that's the reason Dahmer didn't get me. Am I describing this enough for you to be shaking your head and grinning and going, what the hell, Ben? Yeah, what in the world is up with this guy? Okay, I'm not done. I'm not done with you. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> what are you supposed to say to that, right? So I said, okay. And he's like, okay, man. And he starts to go through the spiel, you know, breakfast tomorrow morning. And then on Saturday, they do a bigger breakfast. And here's the pool. And here's the hours for this. Wait, this is the guy that works there? He's the front desk guy. I thought it was some drunk dude standing next no. to you. No, no. He's the front desk guy. 
So he's talking to me about this. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, man, I appreciate it. He's like, okay, you're going to rock that stay. Rock that stay. Okay, man. <laughs> Talk to you later. So, Jim Rome? And I'm right? And so I walk away and I'm like, holy crap. You know, and I turn, it, it's one of those where you turn away. And you know that if there, if anything ever goes down in that hotel, they're going to pull the security video, and there is going to be me looking up, going, "What the hell?" Like mouthing it, like what, what, you know, like rolling your eyes, woo, you know, dude, dude's a little high strung. So I get out to the car and I start to tell Kristen about this. I said, "You're not going to believe this." So we're pulling the bags out, and I've got all the equipment and everything too. And I don't leave it in the car, so I'm pulling all this stuff out. And I had to get a Bellman, one of those, you know, rolling carts. I got a Bellman. We're stacking everything on the Bellman. <laughs> so now we got to go back in. So I left everything on the Bellman. I parked the car real quick, and I come back, and Kristen and I are pushing the Bellman in. And he says, now he sees Kristen, who was the picture on the phone. And he, he looks at her, and he looks at me. He's like, dude, rocket, rocket. <laughs> who says that? Who says that? So I go upstairs. Kristen, we're not done. Kristen gets into the bathroom, and I had to go to the bathroom. Well, she's taking it over. She's doing the makeup thing and getting ready because we're going to come back over to the craft beer night at the Oktoberfest grounds. So I said, you know what? I'm going to run downstairs. I'm going to go to the bathroom, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my backpack and some of the equipment back down, put it in the car, the whole deal. Okay, we're good to go. So um, anyway, we take it back down, and uh, I, I, I put everything in the car, and then we're going to leave. And as we're leaving, this guy, the same guy, is in the, he is in the, um, the lobby. I kid you not. He is in the lobby, and he's talking to an older gentleman. This guy had to be late 70s, okay? And he's got another guy with him that is, I think he's like the custodian or something. Okay, he's kind of like the custodian or something. And uh, the long, long and short of it is, He's telling this guy as I'm walking through, he says, they're talking about fish, and the guy's trying to find a fish fry for tonight. He was asking the, guy, the front desk guy where a fish fry is, and they started talking about the species of fish or something. And then he says to the old guy, he says, oh, dude, that's river fish. If you want to eat that, you go find a sorority house across the river. I'm like, What? That's what he said to the guy. Oh, man, that's a sorority house across the river. And that's when I'm like, okay, I, I got to go. I got. And the old guy's like, oh. <laughs> and the custodian says to him, as we're walking by, he's like, sir. He's like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a lady walking through here. But this was the guy at the hotel. And, and some people are, because I'm telling a story last night, and they're saying to me, oh, my God, it's terrible. I'm like, no, this is one of the best stories ever. This guy's great. He's like a just a, he's his own caricature. So anyway, long story short, that was that was the check-in. Just the check-in at the hotel last night before we came over to the Oktoberfest grounds. Let's do this. We're going to step away real quick. We'll get into some other stuff. We're going to hear from the uh, Packers coaches when we come back. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We're at Oktoberfest out here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We continue on. We are brought to you by our friends over there at New Male Medical, treating guys with ED and uh, weight loss and such, low T. They're all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. If you're listening to us, there's one phone number, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That is the New Male Medical Center, and they can help. 98% success rate of treating guys with ED. And if you got the low T, you can go in and get your numbers checked. Uh, it takes maybe 10 minutes tops. And go in and get checked out and see uh, if you're doing all right. And they can help you out with a plan if you're not. And if you uh, want to lose some weight, they have an all-in-one weight loss program geared just for you. We are broadcasting live. We are here at Oktoberfest in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, Going to hear from Mike Clemens coming up in the bottom, of, or excuse me, in the uh, next hour, about 40 minutes from now. As a matter of fact, Mike's going to be making his appearance with us. We'll be talking with him. But uh, if you haven't been to the Facebook fan page yet or follow me on Instagram, even over on Twitter to a certain extent, um, I... Go and take a look at it. Uh, we got some pictures up from uh, Oktoberfest, some video from earlier today, where we're set up, all that kind of stuff. If you just want to get a look at it, sometimes uh, the visual is just as good, or you're just following us on the Bud Light live stream. Whether it's on Facebook, you can follow us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show, and you can follow us there as well. Down below us, if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, in that tent, off to the right, is where the bands are getting underway, the Oompa band that is now playing. Uh, and uh, off to the behind that other building is a big black stage. That's the big stage here. It's a bigger area. And then, uh, as you can probably see, the fans uh, are still streaming in. This place, uh, it's alleviated a little bit when it comes to the crowd, but uh, there are people. the line goes all the way back out to the road, another 50, 60 yards Outside, But they're moving through a little bit faster now that they've opened the gates and they got some of the uh, the technical issues done as the tickets weren't scanning properly at first. But everything's good. Matter of fact, coming up here in about 10 minutes, Mark Womet. He is the Oktoberfest president, going to be joining us up here. And we'll talk with him a little bit about fest out here. In the meantime, in the meantime, uh, we've uh, got all kinds of uh, stuff, if you will, from uh, some of the Packers coaches as they all spoke to the media. Now, Adam Stenovich, he was asked specifically, you know, with Bill Belichick, we talked about it earlier, he always tries to take away your strength and what it is you do. So Stenovich was asked, what do you expect from a Patriots defense under Bill Belichick? You know they're going to present some things that you haven't seen on film. They, uh, they do a good job trying to take away, you know, what you do best. So you have to have some plans and some adjustments up your sleeve, you know, in case they go in multiple different directions. Um, you got to have some answers for everything. So, um, you know, they, they test your rules and they test you up front, uh, targeting, and they're going to try and win their win their one-on-one matchups on, on the back end. And so you just got to be ready to go win. He was also asked, Romeo Dubs uh, has really come on. And, you know, was he surprised that Dubs, in, you know, only his third game, it led the team in receptions, which he had eight of them, in the win over Tampa Bay? Um, well, we knew, you know, obviously when Sammy went down um, that he was going to have a bigger part in the game plan. And, you know, it's just a matter of kind of how the game flowed. 
Uh, he had his opportunities. He made some big plays, which we know he's very capable of, and uh, we're very excited about him You know, moving forward. He has the great hands, and he can do some good things once he catches the ball. So, um, yeah, it was really encouraging to see that, and uh, hopefully there's a lot more of that to come. So we know what the New England Patriots are synonymous for, and that was Tom Brady, championships, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. Now you don't have Brady. You don't have Josh McDaniels. It's a different team. It's a different look. It's a different setup. So what is it going to be like? Joe Barry was asked specifically when it comes to facing a different quarterback, whether it's Brian Hoyer or Mac Jones, who is, by the way, today throwing. He's in a helmet. He's in a jersey, shorts. He's not fully practicing, but he is back on the field today, and he's uh, taken uh, at least some some throws and such. But that being said, what's it like? Joe Barry, defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, asked, what's it like facing the Patriots minus Tom Brady minus Josh McDaniels of course it's not going to be exactly the same but I think they have they have a system they have a, a belief in in the way they do things and you know it was it was established and built over the years obviously with Brady there so there's going to be subtle differences because that exact person isn't there anymore and again it's a different quarterback so things are going to be different but it's still the new england patriots and it's still their philosophy and it's still their mindset and obviously coach belichick's still there special teams coordinator rich basaccia he says uh, look and we've noticed it we just talked about it this week that when we started wanting to point out some of the good that is going on right now with the green bay packers we talked about uh, you know each week improving and such but he said look this this could be an ultimate test of how good the Packers and how much the Packers have improved this week. Talking about field position, we're playing the ultimate field position coach in, in this week's game. You know, he does everything possible to gain field position throughout the game, and we're really trying to do the same thing. You know, our job on punt is to it's the last play of offense. We've got to protect the ball, and then we transition to the first play of defense. We haven't had many shots in the kickoff return game to set the offense, but we've done it from the punt return perspective a little bit. The penalty cost us in the game last week. Also, I think we had a really advantageous field position somewhere inside the, the 30. Uh, also, the wide receiver coach, Jason Brabel, was asked, uh, when you talk about Christian Watson, I mean, this is the guy they went after and they traded to get. Uh, how do you keep him up? He, has a, he had a knee injury, and that set him back. And then he finally gets back into the swing of things. That opening pass, not drive, but that opening pass, that first pass, that deep pass right through his hands. And then he comes back after that, and he's got a, a, a hamstring injury, and that's kept him out. How do you get this guy from being too discouraged with all of these this missed time due to injuries? Um, mentally, he's been great. It's more... You know, everything about the receiver position is like being an artist, creating a perfect picture. And um, I tell you what, Christian is a worker. And, um, you, you know, you watch him out there practice. There's a speed that I've maybe never even felt before on a field. And he, he's been pushing himself, you know. And um, like I said, I mean, he, he started week one and had some ops. And, um, you know, him and Romeo, um, along with Samari, have done a really good job. All three of those rookies have been, you know, a blessing to our room and, you know, really good fits. Then, last but not least, when you uh, when you talk about um, this team it's, itself specifically, uh, the quarterback position, the we were talking uh, or listening the other day to Aaron Rodgers on Wednesday when he was saying, you know, 
it's not about all of these adjustments. It's not about halftime. It's they try to do things during the game, little things, you know, little nuances. When he talks to the players about getting better, it's not it's not coaches that come down and say, okay, they're doing this. This is what we're going to do. It's more so about the collaboration on the sidelines. So, quarterbacks coach Tom Clements was asked how he can best help Aaron Rodgers during the game on the sidelines when they're right there. Yeah, pictures of what the defense is doing. Um, you try to go over the plays. You know, here's what they're doing. What did, what did we do? Because you, you can see something from the sideline, but a lot of times there's communication. He has communication with the line or the receivers that you, you can't necessarily see from the sideline. So you have to say, okay, here's the play. He says, I did this, or we tried to do that. And then you look at the defense and say, well, here's this look down the road if they get the same look be ready to do this and he's you know he's very good at looking at it looking at something recognizing it putting it away and then if he sees it again he can make the adjustment so there you go that's um that's uh, all the coaches a lot of the oh i shouldn't say all but a lot of the coaches for the green bay packers talking about the different nuances of this team where they're at how they're doing how they're progressing and thoughts during the game uh just a side note to a couple of things marcus dupree he uh, rose to fame in Mississippi, and beyond that, a, a brief football career. He became the subject of the ESPN documentary, speaking out about his alleged role in a sprawling welfare fraud case that also entangled now the Hall of Fame quarterback, Brett Favre. Um, he uh, he said, I don't appreciate being lumped into something like I took money, Dupree said. I work too hard on my reputation to do the right thing and to be the right person. I don't like what's going on. Dupree, by the way, he grew up in Philadelphia, Mississippi, where uh, his highlight reel was worthy of performances. You know, you go back in his high school days, I mean, he was he was all of that in a bag of chips. He ended up going to the University of Oklahoma in 82. His career ultimately hampered by injuries. Um, and the documentary was called The Best That Never Was because of the injuries. But uh, his name does not appear with any frequency in the national media or such in the results of this Mississippi fraud case when it became public. But uh, he said, look, uh, it, it, he's trying to distance himself from this whole thing with Brett Favre. And in, a, in addition to that, Abby Wambach, remember her, plans to get out of the uh, drug company that is linked to Brett Favre and the welfare, welfare case fraud as well. The soccer legend, Abby Wambach, telling ESPN that she intends to fully divest herself from a concussion drug company that uh, is backed by Brett Favre and is at the center of, uh, of a Mississippi welfare fraud case as well. She said, look, I don't want to be any part of what he's doing right now. Uh, not per se the, her words, but basically the two-time gold medalist who's in the Soccer Hall of Fame, member of the Sports Advisory Board for Odyssey Health, which is a drug company, that said they've developed a nasal spray designed to tr uh, treat concussions. Uh, according to the lawsuit, we all know Favre got some issues there, but uh, Wambach indicated it wasn't until she was contacted by ESPN earlier in the day that she first became really aware of all the entire uh, disturbing information about Odyssey Health. She said that she had supported the company as a part of personal efforts to lessen the impact of concussion-related injuries. Minutes after learning of the new information, she said, I initiated the process to immediately and fully divest myself from any involvement, financial or otherwise, with Odyssey Health Incorporated, a process that I insisted be completed by the end of the day, immediately bailing on uh, that company after it came to light that Brett Favre is indeed... Um, 
you know, the center of an investigation now. And once they set their sights on you, and once you have prosecutors and such who really are out to make a name for themselves, and they've got this kind of a big name like Brett Favre to latch on to, unless he is really, truly innocent, uh, they this is now they, they've, they've grabbed on. And they're not letting go anytime soon. This investigation and the people that are cooperating uh, from what you kind of get bits and pieces of are really willing to point the finger and say, look, it's not that he started this, but he certainly benefited from it. And, oh, yeah, he knew all about it. So we'll see what actually happens before it's all said and done. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We are broadcasting live. We're here. At a now, we should be this time joined by the president. Mark Womet of Oktoberfest. He should be joining us coming up here shortly, so stay tuned for that. Talk a little fest. It's that kind of a day, and then we'll get back into a Mike Clemens final hour of the show, talking all Packers all the time as we get you ready for the weekend. Stay tuned out here at Oktoberfest in Lacrosse. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. sure what they're we'll, we'll find out here in a second what they're uh, what they're doing underneath us but uh, there is a quite the line and uh, quite the look of people everything from t-shirts to the uh, traditional lederhosen and such uh, down there on the grounds as oktoberfest is underway you kind of take a look and they're still streaming in here as a matter of fact at the front gate and it's going to be like this all throughout the day and it's going to get even uh, more crowded here tonight but we are perched high atop up here inside of the chalet so to speak and uh, joining me here is uh, Mark Womet, who is the president uh, of Oktoberfest. First of all, thank you for having us because uh, this is our second year, but this is the first time we get a chance to stay and just hang out. But this is a great location. Oh, it's awesome. We appreciate you coming down. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's aw- not only is it awesome to be here, but as somebody who's been to a, a Oktoberfest and grew up with it, I had never been to this one in Lacrosse, and I, you know, for almost 20 years, I never got a chance. And then we came out last year. We had just an absolute blast walking around, and the whole town—it's not just the grounds, but the whole town—is on fire, isn't it? It is. The whole town, from campus to downtown to the fest grounds, and coming down on Friday is something unique, right? It's—it's it's almost like a holiday here in Lacrosse. You got Christmas, you got Thanksgiving and in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. You got Friday, the tapping of the golden keg. Right. Yeah, we did the uh, tapping of the golden can. Uh, earlier today, which uh, I had to keep it to one Bloody Mary and a half a beer. Uh, but then uh, we heard the fireworks go off and the boom and everything back there, which is the tradition. And people take off work for this. The Part of the downtown, like, shuts down. I mean, obviously the bars and restaurants are open, but a lot of people are like, oh, to hell with it. You know, let's just go down and party and have fun. Some of the employers give their employees the day off to come really? down to tap the I golden keg. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. that. That's fantastic. So... We were talking about rankings because I've got people that say, hey, this is the second or this is third or the biggest. In the, and I'm, so 
in the you guys are constantly in the top ten constantly. of whether it's hospitality, whether it's tradition, whether it's the size of, right? Right. We, no matter the poll or the, the the contest or the ranking for Oktoberfest throughout the United States, Lacrosse Oktoberfest always makes it into the top ten. So, how many people will come through the gates? Uh, I mean, they, you're, you're, you really got lucky too because we got great oh, weather this weekend. Weather's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, there's tens of thousands of people that come down for the tapping of the golden keg will fluctuate from 20 to 25,000 people coming in on Friday coming in on Saturday you know we get over 100,000 people on the parade route so when the parade ends those people pour into the fest grounds there's tens of thousands of people on the ground so that was the other thing because uh, I, I kind of mentioned it on the air earlier but it's not just this the parades tomorrow the parade the big so you tomorrow. guys do a, a massive thing in, in between uh, the parade and then a big game at UW Lacrosse with Whitewater coming into town. I mean, the, this town is on fire right now. It is. This is the place to be. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, obviously, the the parade route is a long one. But I've already seen the rope and everything off. <laughs> the police are going up and down the streets, and they're t- you know for business owners that want the business, it's great. For those that don't, they're putting up temporary fencing. It's crazy. It is crazy. There's families that get together and they they sit on shifts because you can't put your stuff out on the curb until midnight. So they'll sit and wait and they'll park in front of their spot and then they'll get relieved from somebody else in the family <laughs> and then somebody will be there at midnight so they could put that blanket down and get that spot for the parade. That's fantastic. So uh, tell us about the, uh, the the history of all of this and, and why Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Oh, Lacrosse. You had the brewery. Right. right. You had G. Heilman Brewery, um, and, you know, they, they brought it to lacrosse and wanted to create something for the, the community, the, the town, and the tradition has just grown, right? It, you know, we're, we're looking at 61 years of lacrosse Oktoberfest. How did, was it just traditional from day one, the tapping of the golden keg? No, no, that wasn't right away, but it was very, very early on. And, it, you know, it used to come from horse and carriage right from the brewery when it was here in La Crosse. Really? Is that yeah. how this whole thing started? Yeah. Okay, is the, and I was asked today is to ask him, is the golden keg gold? It is. Well, it's painted gold. It's yeah, painted yeah. gold. It's yeah. painted gold. Otherwise, we'd have a little bit more security for the golden keg. <laughs> um, I'll actually have the golden keg with me on my uh, float vehicle in the parade tomorrow. So I'll okay. have the empty golden keg. We'll take it down. Uh, it gets quite the crowd reaction when you take it through the parade. Yeah. It, it's kind of a little celebrity here yeah. in the cross. I was going to say, it's, uh, you know, the only thing I can relate it to, and I hate to do it, but I, I remember years ago watching like the show family guy the cartoon family guy and they had the clam that they took through quahog the city and the, the, everybody was cheering a clam and i'm like why are you cheering a clam kind of the same thing they're cheering yep. for a keg to go by i get it though because what it contains is fantastic yes yes it is <laughs> so you have uh, a lot of food here as well there's food souvenirs but the bands the music I, the band from uh, that was in town from uh, minneapolis that was here last night was really really good was awesome you guys who was the do you remember i'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot i'm sorry who was the band that was here on Friday night last year? Do you remember? Oh, uh, was it some bleeping cover band? Yes, but they were fantastic. I'd never seen a band work that hard in my life. Yeah, it's uh, some shitty cover band is, I think, who you're thinking of. Maybe that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Maybe that was their name. I think it was. <laughs> if, if it's the right one, they, they get yeah. it going. They, yep. Yeah. It was an amazing band last year, and yep. uh, they were fantastic. So um, uh, the run goes all the way through the weekend. 
Yep. And is there anything people need to know about coming into the grounds, about uh, parking the, or and such? Yeah, p- parking, you know, park downtown. We do have some parking if you got a Fest parking pass. Uh, this year we're uh, less cash, no cash needed on the grounds, so we got credit and debit card at all the booths. Um, and no need to bring cash down. That's new for us this year. Yeah. And it's really helping the lines at the ticket booths. Um, you know, the Heritage Tent this year has expanded exponentially. So we, we started the Heritage Tent a few years back with a small tent, and it's grown and it's grown and it's grown. And this year, we literally made it the same size as a main tent. And in the Heritage Tent, you've got your polka music, your German-centric beers, uh, tables to sit down, grab a brat, grab a beer. So when you come down to the grounds, make sure you check out the Heritage Tent. It has become a super popular place for people to enjoy October. Okay, i got to ask you now, how do you become president of Oktoberfest? And am I taking your chair? No, no. They, they, we've been saying this is the chair that maybe Coolio died in. It's just cool, man. Yeah, we do keep that up in the boardroom, but yeah. Um, so it's a volunteer board, um, and you know, joined the board a little over five years ago. And when you come on the board, you know, you join different com- uh, committees and get involved. And then there's an executive committee, and it's a, an elected position to get on the executive committee. And uh, just humbled and honored, uh, it's an elected position uh, to become the president of Oktoberfest as well. And, you know, I've really enjoyed it. it it's uh, been a wonderful year. Uh, it, you know, you plan all year for this event, mm-hmm. and it's here. And, right. you know, it's three days, um, and then it's over. But and you spend uh, 362 days praying to the weather gods. You do. And whatever you did worked out because 70 degrees and sunny every day is absolutely perfect. It is. So so as the president of Oktoberfest, there's one thing that keeps you up at night coming into Oktoberfest is what the forecast is going to be, what's the forecast going right. to be. And, you know, watching the forecast out there, looking good, it was looking good. And then when I woke up on Saturday and the forecast was holding for this weekend for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 70 and sunny, 70 and sunny, and it just kept holding. There was so much relief. I can't even tell yeah. you that feeling. It was uh, yeah. it was good to see. Well, it's a great party, and it's just beginning. So we're going to we're gonna go down in a couple of hours and enjoy it. But thanks for coming up for a couple of minutes. Thanks for being here. There you go. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to be back right after this. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. When the Packers host the Patriots here at Lambeau Field Sunday at 325, it'll be an important game for Packers coach Rich Bisaccia, who says as a young coach, he studied under the master of special teams, Bill Belichick. Talking about field position, we're playing the ultimate field position coach in, in this week's game. You know, he does everything possible to gain field position throughout the game, and we're really trying to do the same thing. You know, our job on punt is to, it's the last play of offense. we got to protect the ball, and then we transition to the first play of defense. We haven't had many shots in the kickoff return game to set the offense, but we've done it from the punt return perspective a little bit. The penalty cost us in the game last week, or else I think we had a really advantageous field position somewhere inside the, the 30. Packers wide receiver Romeo Dobbs has been named the NFL Rookie of the Week. That's because he led the team with eight catches for 73 yards in the win over Tampa Bay. Dobbs talked about what it meant to score his first career touchdown. It was a great moment to be in, you know, with me just being the first in my family to play at this level. It's big for not just myself, but I like to think outside and see, you know, maybe the kids. That, uh, that are inspired by me watching. 
my family watching, friends watching. So, I mean, it's just bigger than just playing football for me. Dobbs is the first Packers rookie receiver to lead the team in receptions in a game since Max McGee did it back in 1954. I asked defensive coordinator Adam Stenovich, with Sammy Watkins placed an IR, did he think Dobbs would have that big of a day against the Buccaneers? Well, we knew, you know, obviously when Sammy went down that he was going to have a bigger part in the game plan. You know, it's just a matter of kind of how the game flowed. Uh, he had his opportunities. He made some big plays, which we know he's very capable of, and we're very excited about him, you know, moving forward. He has the great hands, and he can do some good things once he catches the ball. So, yeah, it was really encouraging to see that, and uh, hopefully there's a lot more of that to come. That's Packers offensive coordinator Adam Stanovich in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. We are here in La Crosse. Um, good to have you. The uh, I got a question here, and I thought it was rather interesting, and I'm going to ask you this, Ben. Uh, what does the over and under say on 10? We'll say at 10 first downs that the uh, overall that the Patriots get in this contest. 10 seems high to me, doesn't it? Doesn't 10 seem a little bit high? I think it does. Um, 877-867-1670. I, I, I can't take credit for it, to be honest with you, for the for the question itself. But um, who was this? Who, who sent me this? Um, Tampa Bay had 19 last week, for the record. Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, but Tampa, Tampa, well, 19 total first. Okay. I don't know why 10 just seemed high. The Patriots. Well, you know what? You know why? You know why? Because I'm thinking of third down conversion first round. Because that, that would be high. So, okay. I, I get it. So, uh, the overnight. Well, would you take. If the Patriots had. Nine, you said 19 total first downs? The Buccaneers had 19 against Green Bay last week. The Packers had 14. Would you. Okay. Would you say the over and under would be 10? Would you take more or less? I would take the over. The Patriots are not a team that's going to really air it out and connect on huge plays. They're more methodical. Right. They'll try to hold the ball, which if they are going to move the football, it has to be by first down by first down instead of maybe big plays. So I'd take yeah, the, the over way, that, there. That's our buddy Rick that's over on uh, oh, over on uh, the Bud Light live stream. Uh, Casey said the Patriots are averaging 17 and a half on the road. Um but 10 because Mac is out because Mac Jones is out. And by the way, for those that are paying attention, Mac Jones back at practice today, not fully practicing, but on the side, throwing helmet, jersey. It's not like he's not um, participating at all. He's doing some things via practice today. So they keep saying he's going to be a game-time decision. That's being reported by both our buddy uh, Zach Cox and also the Boston Globe. So we'll wait and see, but I still think it's unlikely Mac Jones plays. So it's sitting at uh, at ten because Mac Jones right now would be out. I that just I don't know. It just seemed high to me. But tone, it, and I think it's because my thought process was 
10 first downs via third down conversion. So I get it, but maybe 12, 11, 12, something like that. I could probably go with that. I think the Packers defense wins this game. As much as you want to look at the Packers offensively and say whether or not they would win this game uh, and put up a ton of points and just kind of ball control offense, I still think the Packers win this game. That's just me. I think the Packers are winning this game. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You can hit us up if you'd like to do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, and, again, we are broadcasting live out here at Oktoberfest, and we're in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is where you can find us. You can see the crowd down below over on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, this one's from Mark, who says, if Mac Jones does play, does that change things, or does that make the New England Patriots weaker? I think it makes them weaker, and not because of the mind or the ability to throw. What I think would be is the ability to run. I think if he does, and you're not obviously going after him to hurt him, but if Mac Jones plays, they're going to, one, run the ball a lot. You're not going to do a whole lot of rollout stuff or movement stuff with Mac Jones. And secondly, if they get into throwing situations, you better believe that the Packers are coming after Mac Jones. Right? I mean, he's a mobile. He's a guy that had just last, and again, I can't believe we're even discussing this because 99% of me says he doesn't play. But if he does, he's immobile. You go after him. They're going to try to do a lot of things quickly to keep him in two drop, two uh, two step drops, or three step drops. Or he's not going to be dropping back on seven step drops, waiting for things to open up, and then going out on the run. And they're certainly not going to do a lot of RPO stuff. So it's hand the ball off and quick outs. That's what they're going to do. And you know it. So you start to bring the safeties up in the box. You start to press. You start to bring the blitz from different areas, maybe even things you haven't done before. But you do it because you know he's immobile. He's not going He's not going to run a whole lot on that ankle. I can't believe that he would play, though. I, I just I still can't. Even though they have the pictures of him today throwing it, uh, throwing it practice, I, I, I still would find it somewhat shocking if he plays i think it's a belichickian spin on to, uh, you know to kind of get you thinking so to speak as to whether or not he or brian hoyer would end up being the quarterback for the uh for the new england patriots this weekend i i just i i can't i can't fathom that i'm sorry 877-867-1670 our buddy steve writes happy Oktoberfest. just a little bit of my bold predictions this weekend i think that bucky rebounds is going to be a tough game uh, or Illinois, he said, uh, Bucky rebounds, but it's still going to be a tough game with Illinois. Badgers 23-17 over the Illini. Uh, Mertz has to be clean, and the ground game has to grind it out. Packers are going to run away with the second half. It's going to be Jordan Love in the fourth quarter. How about that, he said. How about that, 31-13. He says, look for Aaron Jones or Robert Tanya to have good games. Uh, on another note, uh, the personal observation, I think the Dolphin organization from top down putting Tua's career in jeopardy with the decisions they're making for him. I compare it to what Mike Shanahan did to RG3 with his knee when there was no way in hell that he should have been playing. Let's hope Tua's career isn't at risk like RG3's was. That's Ein Preust. Uh, there you ha- I don't even know what that means, but he wrote it in German. <laughs> so, Steve, thank you very much. 
There you go. All right, we are uh, going into the final hour of the program. Mike Clemens is going to be joining me. We'll talk with him coming up here in about 15 minutes. Stay tuned for that. We'll get all the sights and sounds, so to speak, uh, of what's going on up in Green Bay. We'll talk with Mike about the uh, Patriots coming in. We'll kind of wrap a lot of different stuff up in the next segment of the program after the top of the hour. Stay tuned. One more yet to go and a lot of Packer chatter yet to come. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. We are broadcasting here in Lacrosse, the Oktoberfest grounds. They've got uh, the tapping of the keg that happened earlier. The grounds are now open. The parade is tomorrow. It's fest time. It's October fest time. Stay tuned. Whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.